Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Spear Factor Spearfishing Podcast. Today's guest is Kumpe Kosaka from Japan. Um, I'm really excited about this one, simply because I haven't had a chance to talk to too many people from this region of the world let alone one that's chasing 200 pound doggies with pole spears. Um, it's pretty insane. And if you go to his Instagram page at extreme underscore pole spearing, you can see some of the stuff he's doing. Um, and I think the thing that really fascinated me with just taking the time and speaking with him was the fact that he's doing it with a homemade pole spear. Um, which is pretty incredible, and I respect that more than anything. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And don't forget, if you want to step up your spearfishing this summer, go ahead and check out spearfishingmentor.com. There's spearfishing classes. One of them's for free. Give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect. If you were to purchase the master class, there's over five hours of information on there for you guys. So be sure to check out spearfishingmentor.com. Now I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mr. Ted Hardy of Immersion Freediving. Uh, enter promo code SPEARFACTOR for 15% off uh, on his 28-day freediving transformation course. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I've used it and I recommend it. So you can find this course and the other courses Ted puts out for us at freedivingsafety.com. Um, like I said, enter the promo code SPEARFACTOR for the discount. And thanks, Ted, for sponsoring the show. Our next sponsor is Hot Rod Spear Guns. Uh, Paul's offered us 10% discount with a promo code SPEARFACTOR. So thanks, Paul, for making badass guns and uh, providing a hookup for our listeners. And Kamira Side Slip. So Kamira Side Slip, you can purchase those at Kamira Spearfishing. That's K I M E R A. And basically, I've talked about the side slip before in the show. It's kind of the benefits of a slip tip without worrying about breaking your tip hunting around rocks. Uh, it replaces the flopper with a side slip. 
Uh, check it out more at the website. And if you use promo code SPEARFACTOR, all lowercase, at checkout, they'll give you 5% off. And if you'd like to uh, sponsor Spear Factor Podcasts, feel free. Uh, you can go ahead and shoot me a note on the website, spearfactor.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Spear Factor. I am very excited to have Mr. Uh, Kumpe Osaka on the show um, from Japan. And um, if you haven't seen his Instagram page, it's basically extreme pole spearing. And it is just that extreme pole spearing. And so I, I mean, gigantic dog tooth that and coral trout and everything that someone would be completely like a dream fish to shoot on a spear. Uh, I'm sorry, on a, on a, on a spear gun, you're doing it with a pole spear. So anyways, compare, welcome to the show. Uh, the spear factor, just it's a pleasure to have you here. I've been trying to get more people from kind of unique places to, to try to shed light on other areas of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for uh, arranging everything, Red, and inviting me your amazing podcast. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for being on, on the show. And um, like we kind of start everything, um, you know, how to... Give us a little bit about your background, not even necessarily spearfishing, but just your background growing up and how you got all into this stuff. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I I I couldn't swim well. Uh, I joined to the swim club for over now five year five years when I was a child, but I couldn't swim even twenty five meters. So I originally have fear against. Uh, water itself and uh, swimming in wild places like oceans and I when I was 18 I entered to the university and which was specialized to the oceanography and marine science area and and there was a spearfishing club there I met I met underwater world there uh, at the time, and that everything has started at the time. But uh, after first, first maybe a couple of years, I couldn't catch tiny rockfish like this uh, because I couldn't swim well, and I every 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 you know every time I dive I just gave up in 20 30 seconds because i have a fear i had a fear against the water and i was just scared and every friends around me uh catch it, catch the fish like nice amberjacks and sometimes maybe one 10 kilo amberjacks and bipole spear and it was really amazed me and but every time uh after the dive sessions you know uh we spearfisher talk uh talk how, how was your dive and how was your fish in the beach you know uh after the dive dive sessions and every time 
my friends, all of my friends have tons of fishes, but I had I had no fish. And every time I said, okay, my target is huge pelagic fish. I I only shoot the fish like that, so I don't I don't I don't want to shoot such kind of tiny rockfish or tiny pelagic fish. But actually, I couldn't. <laughs> that that's so funny, you know. Uh, I I said just I you know I just I just don't want but I actually couldn't I I didn't want but I actually couldn't then one day in the classroom I I forgot uh, what kind of class I I was I was in but uh, I saw really really huge doctors tuna picture and in the internet and that was a Japanese guy maybe I guess and that was quite old spearfishing stores website and there was really old picture and uh, there was a you know man smiling and beside him really huge doctors journey there I I I, I completely was overwhelmed by, by the picture, and because uh, I, yeah, I know, uh, I I I know some, uh, big, big monster fish, spear fishing world in overseas like America and uh, something like uh, South Africa or something, and I saw. Uh, legendary spearfishing documentary uh made by chris scott um <laughs> uh, one fish going east. yeah one fish yeah yeah one fish by mjk and chris scott and yeah i know i know that kind of world there there is a kind of world uh some other part of the world but i thought it's completely different thing but uh when i saw that picture okay uh maybe there's such kind of monster fishing monster spear fishing world in japan and i i haven't imagined that such kind of great achievement uh can be done by you know really near place i mean yeah how how big was the dog tooth that you like a hundred kilos or how big do you think the dog tooth was that you saw yeah i i hadn't uh how big it was at the time but uh after after a few hours i met his his friend and i i asked how how big was it and he said it was maybe 90 to 10 100 kilo <laughs> wow that's a big fish yeah it's crazy and yeah when i saw when i saw that picture okay uh okay this is it uh this is it uh i i should i should chase this is a dream fish i should chase so then i started exploring uh, over the country for some years and in search of that one fish.
And so you're talking about in Japan, um, what kind of fish like in Japan, obviously Japan is a big, is, is a longer country and the seasons vary. Um, what are like the best seasons for like, what are your targeted fish, I guess, in Japan and what time of year do they happen? Cause you have big bluefin up there too, right? Uh, sorry. Yeah, big bluefin tuna in Japan too. Ah, yeah, tuna, yes, yes. But uh, you know, uh, it's it's quite weird situation here uh, because uh, the power and power of the commercial fishermen is very strong by the government, and the power of uh, you know leisure fishermen like us is very restricted here so uh especially about pacific bluefin tuna uh it's extremely restricted by the government so maybe no one tried no one almost no one tried uh to spearfish bluefin tuna here yeah and and correct if i'm wrong um in japan um spear guns are illegal correct mm, actually yes yes illegal uh for forbidden yeah forbidden right martial fishermen yeah so um well going back a little bit when you were saying you were getting started and you were diving with your friends mm-hmm. um what kind of fish were you talking about rockfish what kind of fish were they kind of shooting were you all was it all shore diving or was it diving from a boat or uh yeah yeah mainly shore diving because uh here in japan uh, as a historical reason uh spear fishing is you know it's 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 very difficult sport here right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is no official tourist services, so uh, if you if we want to diving by the boat, we just have to find some commercial fishermen that. Uh, and at first, uh, we make a friend in commercial fishing community. Then, luckily, they can take us up to the. Uh, blue water area by boat. So the commercial fishermen, fishermen, you're talking about the um, the co-op, like the union, right? Like the 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 commercial fishing individual, like organizations you have to either belong to or yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah 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 fishery federation i'm not sure but some some kind of thing right otherwise it's is it illegal for you to use a spear gun or it's illegal for you to um fish like that right because spear guns um yeah yeah, yeah. it depends on the prefecture uh okay yeah but uh mostly spear gun is regulated by the regulations for you know for us okay all right yeah and then so when you're um have you 
when you go to spearfish, do you travel anywhere like uh, in Japan when you're spearfishing? What are your targeted species, I guess, where you live? Or do you have to travel to where other places in Japan or you just kind of stay? Yeah, here in Tokyo has some islands. So we have to take a ferry to left the concrete jungles and yeah skyscrapers uh there's no fish here and the water is quite so we have to take a ferry from here to access some islands and yeah so i i i think uh along the coast of entire country it's quite interesting because uh every area has uh every different uh, oceans every different species and you know uh if if we want to shoot some doctors uh, like big pelagic fish uh we have to take plane to down south and find some islands but there are so many islands here and uh if we want to shoot some amberjacks we down to some another islands and like that yeah, I think the most unique thing about Japan, because nobody really thinks about, like, I, the people that I know, Japan mm-hmm. doesn't come to mind when they think about spearfishing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think of cold water, right? Like, because I think I was there, I, I stopped in Japan oh, in right. January. Yeah, uh, January, and it was like 30-something degrees, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was yeah. snowing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which area did you come here? Uh, I was in Tokyo on the way, <laughs> yeah, um, on uh, the way to Korea. Yeah. yeah, winter, it's quite cold around here, but maybe it's not the same in the southern area. Right. Yeah, I don't think it is, but uh, it's so unique because is there a is there a growing spearfishing community within Japan, or is it still pretty small? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's slowly growing, but uh, you know there there's no spearfishing association here, so no one can control no one can handle this situation and the government you know the regulation is going to more strict in coming years maybe is that um because of fishing pressure or just the commercial fishermen having such a stronghold on the fishing market because of the money yes uh the reason is maybe Latter ones. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the fish fishing pressure of spear fishermen made is quite s- small. I think uh, smaller than uh, com- commercial fishermen does. Right. I yeah. I, that's what I was curious, and I know in other places of the world, people think spear fishermen take up like uh people that aren't familiar with it they think we take everything yeah and so we had to like try to so i know uh the goal was for people to try to change that opinion um of that and uh it's quite the opposite if done correctly i'll say that like Yeah, yeah. yeah 
Um, so with the, the pole spear, cause your big thing is pole sparing. So what was, you think the hardest, what, what were some, what are some things that you do? Because I mean, you're shooting some massive fish. Thank you. What are some tips? I mean, what are some tips that you can give people pole sparing? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, what, what gear do you use? What pole spear do you prefer? Uh, actually self-made. Self-made. Okay. I'm using because there is no pole spear which is focused on monster dog tooth tuna hunting so I just want I just yeah I just have to prepare my own by my own and how do you so I first of all I love you just said that because I like to make all my own stuff too how did how did you how do you do that how what do you prefer what material do you use for your pole spear like length and all of that uh, yeah, mainly in the shaft, I'm using carbon, uh, carbon layers, carbon fabric, and in monster hunting, we need, you know, really tough, really thick, long pole spear. So, like, um, I guess you could say like ten millimeters, a uh, diameter. No, uh, a bit more, maybe 16 I'm using. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. The thickest part of the diameter is maybe 60 millimeter or something. And then um, three meters or uh, like length or 3.5? Longer like four meter and sometimes five meter. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I guess that extends your range quite a bit to where... Yeah, but the point is the power. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when the pole spear longer uh, gets longer, uh, the weight gets heavier, so it means the power... To penetrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Power. yeah. Do you, with the end, do you... Um, is it much thinner, or do you prefer that diameter, like pretty thick throughout the end the end point or is it kind of uh what do you use i guess for the spear part uh so you mean uh what what, what do you mean so like the spear part the part that actually penetrates the fish mm-hmm. do you um you use like um you obviously use slip tips correct yeah 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 slip, slip tip uh yeah, I have the sample now, maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the slip tip I'm using now. Maybe. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit thinner than and a little bit shorter than Mori slip tip. Uh-huh. Exactly. Too heavy for pole spearing. Oh, I see. So it's like, so we've talked about, I've talked about this before with other guests as far as the idea of having a thicker shaft versus a thinner shaft mm-hmm. to penetrate deeper like a needle. Ah. You know, and is that good because you can bend it and break it? Or like in this case with a pole spear, you have all that other weight behind it that's pushing that 
thinner endpoint yeah, yeah, yeah. right through. So you get yeah. that penetration when it gets there. Yeah. How do you prefer to um, with your with your dog tooth? Because I will get to the coral trout or the trout in a minute. The big uh, coral grouper that's beautiful. That that one yeah. fish that you have on your on your Instagram um, with your dog doggies. How do you how do you prefer to like? What do you look for? Because I've always seen like a rising from a low to a high tide around May for us, like for when I've gone on my trips, uh, May time, but do you do like phone to friend, like where you shoot a fish and try to get a smaller fish and try to get the bigger dogs to come up? Cause every time I've seen dogs that are over like a hundred pounds or over like really big, yeah, they yeah. stay low. They don't, they can't, they don't hardly even look and then they swim off and they're always really deep. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I always. Yeah. That, yeah. that um, doggy, especially monster doggy hunting, makes more difficult. I I guess. Yeah. How do you do? You have any tips to like bring up those big dogs or get close to them? Now I'm using flashers, self-made uh -huh. flashers. Uh. Yeah, but the spot we are diving now. I'm I'm diving now is pretty sharky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly tiger sharks, huge tiger sharks there. So I, I haven't tried uh, <laughs> small bait tricks. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit risky. How, how uh, of course, there's sharks with the doggies, you know? I mean, <laughs> how big are the tiger sharks? Are they? Yeah, usually three, me three meters to four meters, but yeah sometimes bigger and yeah that's yeah every time it's tough yeah do they um when you how do you rig up your pole spear now from where you obviously have your pole spear and then do you have it set up to a breakaway system where it goes to the floats no no uh just rig to the float line to the float and uh at the end of the pole spear, I rig it to the float lines. Okay, so the um, the very very end of the pole spear. Yeah, 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 very traditional style. Because uh, yeah, uh, breakaway system is has advantage uh, of monster hunting, especially blue water hunting. Uh, try not to you know i mean uh try not to break the spear shaft i mean protect the spear shaft from the power of the monster fish sometimes it's easily broken uh, but uh i yeah I, I have you know uh how can i say uh the advantage of the breakaway system is to protect the spear shaft, pole spear shaft from breaking, but uh, yeah, it's it's war. It works, I think. But I I don't I don't like that because uh, you know when when the traditional style I mean uh, rig to the rig the float line to the directly to the pole spear, 
is, is also an as uh, also have an advantage of hunting big fish because uh no the, the leverage uh, yeah 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 because have uh, more leverage huh. yeah because uh so for example this is the pole spear and and okay this is the fish and when i shoot him and he will run away with the pole spear and the pole spear makes the huge drag because it's four meter long and maybe over one one kilo of sometimes 1.5 kilo of total weight so it makes the fish more you know fatigue or i, I think uh, it's yeah it slows it down as drag yeah 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 yes. I, I like that because then uh doggy spots we're diving uh there are so many sharks here uh yeah usually i usually i shoot when i shoot doggies they easily broke my pole spear sometimes it happens but uh in that area i just want to pull the fish faster right get it back as quickly as you can yeah yeah and uh, the another reason is uh you know, in breakaway system, the line is sometimes like tangling. Yeah, it's it's gonna be chaos sometimes. Uh, but I, I, when you know, just after shooting the fish, the fish will be. You know, fish will put the spear very fast, very fast. They do yeah. the initial run, we call it, right? Where it just bolts, it just runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right down. Yeah, so so it's their power is really huge. So I just want to, I just don't want to take the risk of tangling the line around me. So when you rig it up, your float line, you yeah. when you take your float line, do you have a smaller like a shooting line? attached to the to your um sh your um pole spear so that it can travel without drag or do you have it just connected right to your your um your float line directly with no line to it no slack i guess you could say ah uh, yeah so i i don't use a shooting line i just put the flow line directly to the you know uh, to the band, hand. To the to the band that goes onto your your hand that you let go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh wow! And then so when it pulls though, does it stretch all that band out? Like, does it does it snap that band at all, or you have line running through that band as well? Uh, yeah. So if the wishbone comes out from the rubber, uh, yeah, the system is, uh, you know, divided. So I, I just want to do that. So I, I'm using tiny self-made bungees uh, along the, you know, along the sling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of absorbs some of it, and then, so it's it's separate. It's still attached to the the wishbone if you will that smaller line that goes to the bands it's just attached there 
um, so that if that band were to break or whatever, it's still attached to the pole spear. Correct. Well, it's fascinating because, you know, so many times you, you hear one way to do something and I'm always interested because pole spearing gigantic fish is still relatively new. And so it's interesting to see what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And, yeah. It's yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of your failures where the, where the pole <laughs> broke because it's carbon fiber, right? So I imagine when it breaks, it just explodes or something. Um, yeah. 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 So now, uh, we are shooting, uh, documentary project mission 100 uh which is the story about my dog tooth tuna hunting journey of of eight years and while we are shooting the documentary this year i had a chance to shot really huge one maybe over 90 kilo maybe some maybe maybe over 100 kilo i saw that I saw the one this year and I shot him, but actually the situation was a bit difficult, a bit tough. The current was, comes from this direction and I was swimming to this direction and doggy is, is swimming this direction and, and he was a bit far for my range. But I tried because this was a big chance for me. And I shot his back. And yeah, I shot his back vertically and he runs. And at the first run, uh, just after I shot him, he, you know, he punched my pole spear by his huge, uh, you know, huge fins. Then the spear was broken. Oh, so he he kicked the pole spear. Yeah, he like hit it when he ran. Yeah, yeah. Then it was broken. It was oh, <laughs> just wow. Yeah. So I was wondering about that because with carbon fiber is really good really strong but um impact resistant it's not yeah. so strong so if he hit it yeah he, hitting it from the side could cause it to explode essentially um wow that's that's some whew, <laughs> yeah. that's some power man <laughs> yeah 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 that must have been a heartbreak oh that must have been terrible heartbroken uh at the sh that shooting project we stayed at the most deserted island in japan for or oh, maybe around 60 days and five days of the week uh, it was heavy storm and raining we were just waiting for the nice condition days in a tiny wooden house in the forest with uh crabs and some other creatures in the house and <laughs> and we did maybe 600 drifts in entire entire expedition this year 
and I shot, I made a shot just nine times and I, I just caught three fish. So it was super heartbroken. Well, I think that's a good point though. People think you can just, what I have noticed, um, you know, there's an element of luck to everything. People yeah. pay big money and they go on trips and, you know, and, and, uh, they expect to shoot this like gigantic fish and yeah, you yeah. can do a lot of things to put yourself in the right position, but you're talking about doing 600 drifts, 60 days straight. Yeah. And, um, that's not luck. That's like, there's a little bit of luck and you still need luck on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's putting your time. That's just, you know, that's making, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, you know, gutting it out as we say, like that's definitely a earned trophy, if you will, like that is yeah. not something that just happened. So, and then on top of that, I say like people, you spend all this time in that location to figure things out. When's a good current, when's a good time, tide, um, season. And then you do something like that where you're spending months sitting there waiting for the opportunity and then you get the opportunity and it destroys your pole spear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's super heartbroken. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, I mean, you just got to be ready when it happens again. I mean, have you thought about playing with different types of material for your pole spear? I'm just curious. Uh, so what, what do you mean? Have you, have you thought about, uh, t- thought about, uh, using different types of material, mm-hmm. uh, for your pole spear or maybe like, a um, you know, a stainless, a stainless steel uh, core and then surrounded by carbon fiber for strength. I haven't tried such kind of hybrid materials. Mm, yeah, there's a room of improvement of my pole spear a lot, so I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. I'm still fascinated that you make such amazing pole spears that that I mean that do work. Um, do you have a machine shop by you that you use to make the pole spear or? Uh, one of my fr- friend of mine is a carbon fiber engineer, and so I just have a chat with him, and I just want to use the pole spear like this, and he has a big knowledge of making pole spear for maybe 20 years. So, yeah. What kind of um, uh, float line do you use? Do you just make your own float line too? Uh, yeah, so in the beginning, I was using, uh, you know, the tube inside inside of the tube like this, tube float line. And inside of the vinyl tube, uh, there is a huge, tough Danima lines. But uh, I used it for a couple of years for doggy hunting. And I found that uh, when I fought with the uh, huge dog, it's very hard. Uh, sometimes the outer tube is broken and the water comes inside of the tube and then everything loon. So now I prefer to use a uh, rife, uh, armored core, float lines. And yeah, I, I think uh, a bit more buoyancy. Yeah, I, I, 
I just prefer a bit more buoyancy of the line itself, but uh, now it's now it works very well. So I was going to say that, um, and I don't. Um, one thing I'll say about Rife, and I, you know, is that the thing that I think they have hands down is the best float line for doggy hunting. Yeah. That thin, that thin armor, like uh-huh. Spectra. Because especially for what you're trying to do, that travels through the water really nice. So if it's yeah, attached it's... to your pole spear, there's less drag. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, less Really tough, actually. Once uh, the captain of our boat, uh, you know, uh, how can I say, uh, he, he missed his riding and our floor my floor line was uh crossed to the bot and uh that my armored line was completely stuck around the the propeller yeah yeah propeller yeah so he missed it he ran over the line yeah yeah yeah. it was horrible accident and i almost missed my pole spear and uh, maybe my arms maybe (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but but the after that, uh, yeah, we're we're lucky enough because uh, that was uh, ten miles from the shore and there's no rocks around, and so we have time enough time to uh, you know untangle the line from the propeller. But the finally, it you know the propeller was hardly very you know. The line was very tangled, very yeah, hard. very wrapped around it. Yeah, yeah. very wrapped. But uh, finally, unwrapped it. Uh, I found that there are almost no scratches on the line, and I was really amazed by its strength. That's that's a testament to it. Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, so, um, and then you use uh, rife floats, or what kind of floats do you use? I saw the picture. It looked like a rife. Uh, yeah, uh, I I just want to use Rye Float, but it's super expensive. So <laughs> because uh, in doggy hunting, we're using multiple floats. So uh, now I prefer to use this Rob Garin Remora Thirty Five. Yeah, this is yeah, this is more reasonable price and right. That's actually, I started um, making, I talked about this before, I made hard floats, um, yeah. just foam filled because they wouldn't compress. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's easier. It. It's, they're cheap too, but traveling with them is a pain because yeah, they're yeah, so big. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Neptonics Spearfishing. Uh, go check out neptonics.com for the absolute best, most reliable spearfishing gear at some of the best prices in the market as well. Uh, The thing that I like about Neptonics is you know the gear has been tested on there and they're not going to have some generic crap on there. It's all gear that works and people use it every day uh, with great results. So don't forget to put in the Spear Factor 10 promo code to get 10% off. Neptonics.com So I get this question a lot as far as can I recommend a charter? And I absolutely can. Lineage Charters here in San Diego uh, does giant bluefin tuna trips, uh, multi-day trips, 
And Captain Bly is your guy. He's got over 30 years of spearfishing and commercial fishing experience. So be sure to check out lineagecharters.com for offshore action. I guess so the other companies are really coming out with good, good products too. They're all just expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially when you're like you're saying, when you're talking about putting two or three of them on there, and you know that gets real expensive. So. Yeah, but uh, you know the boat charter fee is the most expensive part of the trip, but uh, we ran a very old it's almost you know it's almost broken house in the tiny forest and no one was no one lives there for maybe 10 to 20 years so we in the beginning of the expedition we our expedition was started with just cleaning up our house and (laughs) (laughs) that's the way to do it though that's the adventure right there i mean you know, and this is Mission 100. This is the the show that you guys are making, the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mission 100 uh, documentary, and uh, you know, this is the T-shirt of documentary film. Okay, this with the big dog. Yeah, with the big doggy on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is painted by my friend, and he's an artist, and he's also a commercial fisherman. And I met him in the uh, island that that I visited for the last training before the expedition. I did uh, I did one month free dive training there and uh, improving my breath hold and my depth adaptations. And I met him there, and I asked him to make a special paint for the expedition, and he made it. And this is the T-shirt, and yeah. So uh, we didn't talk about the T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, 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 what was the topic? Uh, yeah. Oh, I was just saying the so when you the mission one hundred, that's you and a friend of yours that is doing that together, or is it just a group of guys? Or ah, uh, yeah. So. Uh, this is a kind of, you know, uh, indie. collaboration. Yeah, yeah, indie collaborations. Uh, some of my friend is doing professional underwater cinematographer and uh, professional underwater cameramans, and and some other friends are joining. So, so going back, going way back to where you said you were uncomfortable in the water. Mm-hmm. And now you're shooting, you know, 200 pound, 100 kilo dog tooth tuna. How long did it take you to go from not shooting reef fish because you were telling your friends, oh, I like bigger fish, even though you, <laughs> you said yeah. <that> you weren't, <laughs> weren't comfortable shooting the smaller fish or whatever. Um, how long did it take you to think before you felt like you were progressing and, and were getting better. Um, like, you know, how was that progression and what were some things that helped you along the way? Uh, yeah. So after three years of no catching the fish, uh, I, 
I almost gave up to adapt the water and dive deeper. But one day I found that, uh, okay, I did, uh, I did some cycle road race in the high school age. And so maybe I have enough uh, capability, capacity of uh, lungs and my breathing things. And I have nice muscles around my legs. But why, why I couldn't dive so well uh, like my friends? And I found that uh, the key is my mental. So I just, yeah, key is my mental, not physical, I found. So I just trained it and I just uh, adjust myself and uh, what, what, what is the most scaring thing to me. And I'm, I'm always searching that and I'm always asking it to myself. And okay, at first I'm just scaring. I have a fear to touching the seabed by no reason. So right. I just put myself to very comfort condition and very calm sea, very crystal, and but very shallow, like 10 meters. And I made some very relaxed dive with my body. And he's always watching me from the surface and he has a rescue skill so i i could do 100% relaxed dive to down to very shallow like 10 meter and when i reached to the seabed at first my heart races but i just ask myself okay it's okay it's there's no uh scary uh factor here it's it's right. Calm world, and then I I tried uh, many times to do like that. Then finally, I found that I I can I could dive. I I I found that myself could dive uh, better, like my friend. So the key is actually not the physical thing as it was in my mind yeah and so that was a key thing that you brought up was knowing that your friend was there to watch you yeah 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 and i tell every i i say that a lot even with me it's like um i can add on an extra 20 seconds of my breath hold if i have faith and trust that yeah. the guy is watching me it helps me relax yeah um what um so now with you progressing, I mean, how you've been diving for eight years? How long? Have, how many years have you been diving uh, for? Nine years, maybe nine, nine yeah. years. And so, three years of struggling, and you kind of had a conversation, which I I commend you for, because I always <laughs> say like that's part about being a man or an adult, a, a woman, um, from a a young girl or a boy is being able to self reflect and say. Yeah. You know, what am I, cause I've had that same conversation about some, uh, another topic, like, w what am I really afraid of here? Like, what are we doing here? Like, um, what, what depth do you feel comfortable now diving to, or do you usually hunt your dog tooth in? Cause I know you said you were 
um, went for a month and trained freediving. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, in doggy spots, uh, it's as for now for me. It's the current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit stressful situation though very rough with uh, standing waves and uh, ripping current is very fast and the uh, water is not so clear with some planktons and sometimes it's super murky and i think uh doggies prefer uh sunny days than no 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 i mean doggies prefer uh, cloudy days and then sunny days uh uh, yeah, I know it's completely different, uh, and it depends on the area uh, where you dive. And but now my area, it's cloudy days is better than better for doggies, I think. So uh, yeah, it's very stressful uh, conditions in uh, doggy hunting. So yeah, my comfortable zone is a bit shallower than usual. Yeah. So, no, well, that's different. I think I think yeah. people are surprised when they hear more people talk about their max comfort zone where they hunt, and that it's not necessarily what everybody thinks it is to be a productive spear yeah. fisherman. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, so diving deeper is just a kind of one factor. Uh, and it's not the most important thing, I think. Uh, because uh, And the most important thing, I think, for now is, uh, you know, the right time and, yeah, right dive and right time. So if the doggies are swimming around uh, 15 to 20 meters, so if, if they swim like that shallower uh we don't have to make a dive to 40 meter um uh, you know and uh my world record coral trial was shot around maybe 15 i guess uh, as i remember it's not that deep but uh i i just i just made the dive in the right place and right time it's much more important it's it's not, I think it's not a pure sport. It's a kind of adventure and it has a, five, it, you know, it's a kind of hunting. Right. So, and then yeah. there's a little bit of luck to it too. But uh, yeah. Um, interesting. So with your doggy hunting, you, you mentioned 40, uh, 40 meters. Is that what you're typically diving down to around 120 feet, 100 feet for those? Uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to do such a deep dive in doggy hunting with a four to five meter heavy pole spear and, and because yeah, I well. yeah just right before the shoot uh, I just have to charge the sling and very strong sling with my own power and, and use a lot of oxygen and I was saying that calmly, but I was going to be like, wow, that's real deep considering exactly yeah, what you're talking about. You have to load that thing and then you're kind of charging the fish at the same time. Um, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't yeah. want to do very deep dive in pole spearing. Yeah. So when I use uh, spear again in 
for example, Greek, Greece. I like there for freediving training and my sponsor's company, my sponsor company, XD Diving, is located at uh, uh, that country. So I uh -huh. usually travel there for once in a year. And when, I, when I'm there, I'm using spear again. And yeah, spear again, hunting in Mediterranean is sometimes deep. So I did sometimes like do some 35 meter dive there, but I, I don't want to do the same in doggy hunting here. <laughs> right. No, that's good. That's a relief. I'm like, wow, that's especially knowing with doggies, the current and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of work, man. <laughs> yeah. Stressful. So that's all oh, you said your sponsored company. What company was that? Uh, XD diving. XD diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. XD Diving is one of the biggest spear fishing equipment company in Greece. Okay. Cool. Very cool. And then, um, how did you get linked up with them? Ah, uh, yeah. So, one of the distributors of that company uh, talked to me via Facebook a couple of years back, and he shows my picture with big wafu maybe uh-huh and uh let's do some collaboration he said and it's okay then i i went there and uh the the full family of the company is very nice and nice people and very passionate for improving their equipment and their product especially carbon fins are very nice to me uh -huh. so i'm prefer to using them and yeah no very cool i mean uh very cool it's always nice when you can link up with good good people and good companies um i don't want to keep you too long but i want to talk a little bit about the 40 pound coral trout that your world <laughs> record coral yeah, trout so tell us the story about that because that fish is beautiful um yeah it's it's very beautiful fish and that was, as I remember, uh, in the morning, I I made a shot in 150 pounds doggy, and he broke my system, and he he took all the all the system to the to the abyss. So I only had a tiny. Tiny, uh, the pole spear for tiny rockfish and that's it uh there's no float there's no float line and i i'm just searching for uh fish for dinner afternoon right. and i was swimming uh around the bay and i have a tip for searching a big coral trout at the area, uh, at that area, I mean, uh, if we dive down to maybe shallower spot, like shallower than 10 meter, like five to eight meter, a very relaxed dive and very long dive, like uh, stay at the seabed. And after a few seconds, if the nice snappers, nice red snappers uh i i i'm not sure the english name but 
red colored nice snapper in Japan. And if he comes to me, and if the number of the fish is like two to three, there's a huge coral trout at the bear area because uh, you know uh, at the at the at the area uh, the you know they're all they're almost the same strong predators, but coral trout swims slower, but the snapper swims faster. So if the snapper comes to me uh, to check me, uh, there should be the, there would be the nice coral trout at the bay, at the area. Uh, yeah, then, we, we, uh, call them, we call them a, a mangrove snapper sometimes. They're just big. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be the same, same kind of fish and i thought okay there's a big boss in this bay so i just want to find him then i i have also the tip to you know meet such kind of big coral trouts at the area uh swimming mm, it's a bit different difficult to explain but uh swimming in a moderate pace with uh you know very small sound very you know uh but if we if we did appeal ourselves to strong to him to to the to the environment i'm i'm in uh the stronger creature will escape because it makes him scared but uh if we did it like very uh yeah. relaxed like yeah, relaxed. relaxed uh yeah. if and if there is a big boss in the bay he should check me to keep his area safe yes yeah, so kind of you're, I know exactly what you're talking about, where yeah. if you almost ignore them, but the big grouper here, when, when we go places in big grouper, they're like in charge of the reef and they want to come out yeah. to yeah. see who's in charge, like yes, yes, to try yes. to like, who's on my reef. Yeah. If you don't want to scare them away. So if you just like kind of pretend like you're not paying anybody any attention, yeah, 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 exactly. they come out and see you. Yes, yeah. Yes. So I just want to. I just want him to come to meet me and come to check me. So I just keep that swimming and sometimes did very shallow dive and do some grouper calls like that, uh, like uh, at the bottom and and playing with small fish at the bottom. Oh, uh, oh it's very beautiful fish. Uh, say hi to them. And after maybe 40 minutes he came finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah he came and uh then i didn't do a dive straight away to him i just uh i, I just i i kept swimming like that yeah you ignored him yeah, I ignored him. Then mm -hmm. uh, he his 
you know, his behavior, his behavior changed like, oh, uh, can you please, can you, can you please pay attention to me like that, uh, like, like swimming around me and uh, then I kept ignoring him. Then he, after, after a few minutes, he totally lost his uh, interest to me. Then I did, I did make a dive and I make a shot and yes. And uh, I have, I had only one way because uh, I had tiny pole spear and I has tiny system, poor system for, uh, for a dinner fish. I, I, I didn't have, I didn't have float lines. I didn't have one float. So there's only one way the stone shot him, stone shot to him. So I, yeah, I, I, I make my pole spear very carefully and then luckily the stone shot may uh works worked did you have a flopper or did you have a slip tip as well Ah, uh, slip tip as well i mean what so what um do you use dyneema for the slip tip or do you yes, use uh, cable yeah yeah i like dyneema and i'm using uh neptonics original uh this This orange line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I work with Neptonics too. They're great people. Uh, or uh, Jerry's awesome. And yeah, yeah good stuff. Amazing. Um, so, what was going on in your mind when that fish showed up? You must have been like, like you saw a ghost. Because that. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I think everybody's had that moment because everybody's seen the biggest fish. As you progress through spearfishing, right, like that fish could be like for, let's say, for a newer diver, that fish could be an eight-pound calico bass that they see or, you know, where that moment of like, oh, wow, that's, you know, <laughs> where you must have been like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do not screw this up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but actually, I was heartbroken by doggy in the morning, so my my mental was you know very stable and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called it's it's yeah. This coral trout is very huge and it's very nice, very beautiful fish. But the doggy, ah, uh, yeah, doggies, I miss. <laughs> Yeah, but so those actually, fish, those yeah. fish, the doggies are so bad because I feel like it's so high and exciting when they yeah. run and you see them. And then it's just like an immediate, just, it's like they wreck everything. It's worse than, yeah. I don't know. It's almost like worse because, you know, if a smaller fish rips off or, or something, it's like, okay, um, they get eaten by sharks. But I feel like with a dog tooth, because you see it and everything is just so your whole team of friends or whatever it is needs to be on it for sharks and everything else. So everybody's like excited up to here and yeah. then it just drops. Yes. 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 You it's know? like a, you know, emotional roller coaster. It's, it's, it's ups, uh, so many ups and downs and yeah, mostly downs actually. 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. People don't realize that. I say hey, every, you know, 10 fish you shoot, you probably land like one or two sometimes, depending on yeah, where you're yeah, at. It's, yeah, it's very heartbroken fish. And but it's super exciting because uh, there's no way, there's no, you know, uh, when I started uh, searching doggies here in the country, uh, there's, there was, yeah, actually there is now, there is no people who shoot that fish, that big fish. Uh, everyone, sh every, every person uh, who had an experience to shoot doggy is just like 10 kilo or something here. So there's no person who spear big doggies. So there's no, you know, there's no way. Uh, I I I totally didn't have no. I I totally have no idea how to do it. Uh, where should I dive with? Uh, when should I dive? Um, how should I do? How should I do? And how deep should I go or something? There's no. Uh, there's no idea about uh, doggy hunting. So I just have to. I just had to find it, yeah, figure it out. And uh, the theory, doggy doggy hunting theory, is uh, I think uh, it's it's a bit different, and it depends on the area. Their uh, their preferable temp water temperature is different in the air. In area and the current speed and the current direction to the rocks and moon, moon phase it may be the same but like that i've noticed too um you know uh water temperature is a big thing um yeah, yeah. it's not what the weird thing about the doggies everything doesn't seem to be what you would think it would be like um it, it's 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 a pretty it's pretty easy to know when there's going to be dog tooth tuna. Like I feel like you can figure it out. If you've spent enough time on certain reefs, you can figure it out. Now trying to find the big ones, that's mm -hmm. like almost a whole different like species of yeah. fish. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's like, um, yeah, it's really, really strange, but, yeah, so um, when, when, when we want to shoot just doggies, it's, it's not that, difficult but when you shoot the biggest doggy in the school it's completely different more like yeah yeah how i feel like that's the way too with a lot of speech a lot of fish you know a lot of different kinds of fish like the big ones just kind of operate on their own pat like their own idea their own which is probably why they got to be larger because they did things differently than the masses you know um, so, uh, Wahoo, I'm assuming you get Dorado or Mahi Mahi, um, dolphin fish and, uh, Wahoo, any, um, any, uh, big, uh, pull, I mean, I guess Mahi Mahi is pretty easy to pull spear. They pretty much swim on it, <laughs> but any, uh, potential world records there too? Are you looking to get a world record with those guys or are you just focused on your big doggies now? Yeah, but I haven't seen such big drought here because maybe the spot is a 
bit different from doggy spot i guess but i saw some really huge waffles and yeah last year it was also a heartbroken story i shot uh, maybe 100 pound over waffle on the pole spear and that was a dream fish for years of dream fish of to me i for I anybody think, i think yeah yeah a pole spear yeah and i've been chasing that wafu for maybe three years uh yeah i i luckily found a spot in, in the island and uh and i kept diving to figure out uh the condition of big ones and finally I luckily had chance to dive in the right place, right time in last year. And I saw a really huge wafu a uh, couple of times at the day. And, but yeah, I shot it. And, but just before pulling him to the boat, it was completely uh, broken by some taxmen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Oh no! What do you have? I mean, besides tiger shark, was it a tiger shark? Yeah, it was not. It was uh, com combined with some Galapagos sharks and black tip and some white tips. Yeah, they're. I mean, people talk about uh, you know the big great whites like here, and then we have you know then the tiger sharks, but I'm, I feel like so smaller reef sharks are worse. Sometimes yeah, yeah, they're they're very, you know, yeah, they're, they're dangerous, man, just because they get in that mode and they go crazy. And then it's like you have this crate like, yeah, I just wouldn't want to get bit and get yeah. an artery or something. Yeah, yeah. Bad news. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Pain in the ass. It's <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like a bunch of rambunctious teenagers, I say, like a bunch of crazy young kids versus yeah, the yeah, 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 like that, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. So, what's next for you? Like, what do you have in your future, or what do you want to do? And I guess I never got into what do you do for a living? What do you do for work? Uh, <laughs> Are you marine scientist stuff, or what? Like, uh. Mm, uh yeah, so when I graduated from the university, I have I had a plan to uh, study in the graduate school in Australia to keep my research about deep sea fish, but uh, uh, I couldn't take scholarship, and I found that uh, if if I enter the school and keep my research in a graduate school in uh, Australia, it it would be very busy so i i maybe i don't have enough time to pick doggies there i i know there are some great spot doggy spots in the in the australia but i maybe i i wouldn't have chance because i would be very busy in researching so i uh i gave up to that path and I tried to find some work and I studied about some internet uh, 
internet things like uh, creating some web page, designing web page, something. Because uh, if it's all I need in that work is just my laptop. I I can work from any islands. Yes, you're a smart you're a smart man because that's so true. And it's funny um, with COVID that happened. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. a lot of people realized how great that ability is yes, to be able yeah. to work from anywhere and how much freedom's in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, my my work didn't make some great amount of money, but it's enough. Uh, for traveling and with cheap house and cheap food and just it's enough for our spear fishing and yeah I'm uh, since that I'm doing that job like freelancer and uh, after a few years after some years of uh, working as a freelance I stop it and I moved to the island uh, as a you know uh, I'm not sure how how can I say it in English, but uh, student of the commercial fisherman, like uh, right intern. Yeah, yeah, intern? yeah, intern of the commercial fisherman because uh, yeah, it it was very hard time. It was very hard working, but uh, if the if my mentor uh, allows me to. Uh, pick up some, you know, dinner fish after the commercial fishing uh, work time. Uh, I had, uh, if he allows me, uh, I had a time. I had a time of 15 minutes of hunting doggies in every day. Yeah, but, but the work condition was very bad. It was extremely bad. Uh, just uh you know just 400 uh dollars per month oh okay yeah and 20 hours of uh working every day almost every day uh, but but if i if i had a chance and if he is okay uh, i had a chance to uh hunting doggies every day uh for just 15 minutes so i did that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i did that what were you fishing for? Uh huh. What were you fishing for when you say you're doing commercial uh, it fishing? Deep sea fishing. It was what? Deep sea, deep sea line fishing. Oh, okay. For okay. Um, for fish or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, and uh, on the way back from the fishing spot, if he's okay, I I had a chance to hunting doggies for just fifteen minutes. <laughs> like one drift, <laughs> two drifts, one drift. Yeah, 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 one drift, but I had a chance. Uh, then I uh, correct the data about doggies, and then finally I I had a chance to shoot uh, former world record fish, uh, one one forty pounds doggies, one forty pound doggy. And uh, then I did, I did it. So I quit the job immediately. <laughs> how how long did you say you did that job for? Uh, maybe half an hour, half half of the year. Yeah, 
Yeah. And once well, you once you got your world record, you're like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I I I I thought it's done, so I quit that job. Then come back to my house in family house in Tokyo. Then uh, documentary project was started. After that. And that's kind of the next thing. When when do you think that project will be out so everybody can see it? Uh, yeah, the final goal of the project is hunting 100 kilo doggy. So I'm not sure, but I, I, I really want to, I really want to finish, uh, finish that project with 100 kilo doggy in coming not so many years. I hope so. Yeah, that would be, what an amazing story that would be. Yeah. Uh, imagine you. because it's going to take, it's going to take some time, but why it's taking the time it's showing all the, the work that goes into it and the skill and the luck and all of that. So people really understand that we're not just going out shooting these giant fish. Yeah. 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 The, yeah so it's what a it's, cool story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's quite cool. I think because, uh, in recent days, uh, we can see, we can access all of the information, almost all of the information of uh, everything uh, via, uh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube channel or something like that. And if if I want to travel to the to the other part of the world, like uh, completely different hemisphere like brazil i can take uh i can i can search a, a flight ticket via sky scanner and i i can buy i can buy it and then tomorrow i can go to the brazil i, I can go go to brazil immediately and and there i can you know i can find everything i want in uh, google maps and something like that social networks but uh uh this the, almost all of the information we can see we can we can learn from the internet is just a kind of highlight you know uh for example hunting big doggies uh, uh there are so many hunting doggy contents uh, on the youtube but it's it's just a highlight and uh, hunting itself hunting scene itself is just one per one or two percent of the entire story uh i just want to show everything and if if you want to achieve something 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 true to true to me uh, something true to oneself it's it it will take some time and effort i just want to show that uh on the on the documentary project like that that's no i i agree with you 100 percent. i think that's i think yeah. that's great i remember uh brandon wallers had a post of i think he was lining up on a on a sailfish on a maybe it was a marlin and somebody had said something about you know him shooting it or something and he was like do you, do you realize how many of these fish that you really have to let go if you're looking for a big one you have yeah. to let 
so many fish go and the hours in the water and and it takes man i'll tell you what it takes discipline and when you because for some reason when you're looking for the big ones the medium-sized ones just swim right up to you like what like you're talking about with the snapper yeah. they just come right up to you and you're like okay go away go away just wait this is horrible i'm looking for the big one and you might never even shoot a fish that day and you had plenty of opportunity yeah you have to pass to to get that one shot and then when you get it everything better be lined up because like you're in your situation that big tail goes and smashes <laughs> yours yeah your, i mean the fact that you're doing it with your own homemade pole spear you're shooting fish that people would drool or would be just um would be an honor in a lot of ways for people with regular spear guns you're doing it with a homemade pole spear and you're you're doing a lot of that stuff for the first time that i know of and i could be totally wrong i know you know we're just going off of social media and stuff um Mm -hmm. but you're having to figure it out on your own regardless like that is that is right there why i was like man i have to have this guy on the show because i'm looking at it and i'm like this wow he's doing it like he you know and it's pole spear i was like and it's not pole spear fish like as we think of like oh you know a 25 pound doggy no this fish is bigger than most fish have ever people have ever shot (laughs) you know like it's a proper dream fish for anybody and he just did it with a pole spear i was like i gotta talk to him because i want to figure out how you're rigging all your gear and all of that stuff because it's fascinating to me and then you told me you started making your stuff and i'm like immediately drawn to it because i started making my stuff from equipment failures too and i was like i just do it myself and then i don't have anybody to blame but myself if it doesn't work so yeah um honored to have you on the show and honored to speak with you yeah and um thank you so much yeah thank you kumpe for being on the show um can how can people get a hold of you and check out the the mission 100 kind of documentary and all that stuff when it's become available i have an instagram account so please check the instagram account and follow us follow our information we will yeah we will on the middle of a long journey now and I don't. I, I have no idea what what's going on for the future, but uh, yeah, please check the. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's well, the Instagram account is for is uh, Mission One Hundred for the documentary, yeah. right? Yes. And then your own is uh, extreme underscore spearfishing, or pole spearing underscore. Yes. Yeah. Pole spear. Yeah, it is definitely extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. But, it's uh, so awesome. Extreme. The fish is extreme. Yeah, it, the whole thing is just amazing. I love Thanks. it. Yeah. That's so, my... uh, yeah. Thank you for speaking with me, and um, and I'm I'm really rooting for you to get that hundred kilo doggy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice time to chat with you, and uh, thank you so much for arranging me to your amazing podcast thank you so much uh thank thank you all right that concludes the show for today thanks kumpay for being on the show 
And if you guys want to check him out, be sure to check it out at extreme underscore pole spearing on Instagram. And um, don't forget to keep an eye out for his film as well, the Mission 100 film, um, the quest for the 100 kilo doggy on a pole spear. Pretty insane. Um, if you guys want to see more podcasts or hear more podcasts, go uh, check out www.spearfactor.com and all the podcasts and the notes from there are on there. All right, you guys, take care and have a great week. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.